Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Pond Hunter Broadcast from the Under the Sea Radio Show on Blog Talk Radio. The Pond Hunter, in the pursuit of all things aquatic. Take a look into the world of koi ponds, water gardens, and the lifestyles of the aquatically obsessed. Meet the pros, hobbyists, and cover some no-nonsense pond advice straight from the field. The Pond Hunter, in the pursuit of all things aquatic. Here's your host, koi pond and water garden expert, Mike Gannon. Hey, and welcome to the Pond Hunter Radio Broadcast. This is episode 40. How's everybody doing? I'm Mike Gannon, host of the Pond Hunter Radio Broadcast, a show for pond keepers, koi keepers, water garden keepers, and the generally aquatically obsessed. So welcome. Come on in, everybody. Hey, if you have heard this show before, you already know. If you have not heard the show before, let me give you a full disclosure right off the bat. I am not the shed a sharp in the tool. Case in point, last episode I recorded was, of course, episode 39. The topic of episode 39 was how to quarantine your koi and goldfish. Long story short, a quarantine can be recognized as a 40-day period of time. And in episode 39, I went to great lengths talking about the number 40 and its significance. If I was a thinking man, I would have rolled out this episode on quarantine during episode 40 kind of makes sense, but no, I chose to roll it out during episode 39. So with that said, whoever programs these shows, big dummy with that said, Hey everybody, welcome to episode 40 of the PHRB where, where I will not discuss in any way, the significance of 40, la quarantina. You want to learn about that stuff? Go to episode 39. All right, so we're in episode 40. We're going to cover what pond keepers everywhere just love. String algae. Yep, hair algae, you know, the good stuff. It's what we all love talking about, right? Hey, if you're, you're, you're the one listening to the program on algae, not me. I'm just your algae-loving host, Mike Gannon. Very happy to be here with you guys. Looking forward to spending time talking with you about string algae. Good times, right? Hell yeah. Who says I don't know how to have fun? Who said that? All of us pond keepers have to deal with string algae sooner or later. It's nothing to be embarrassed about. I'd say second only to green water conditions, string algae is the next greatest concern for pond keepers when it comes to algae growth in our ponds and water gardens. There's numerous forms of algae um, which can occur in our ponds and water gardens, but in this episode, we're going to focus on the string algae and hair algae, where we're going to cover what it is exactly, different ways to remove it, how to treat it, ways to control it. So let's do it. What is string algae anyway? Well, some people refer to it as hair algae, blanket algae, pond scum. Its appearance can vary. I've seen different textures, color, and length of hair algae. It can even appear black and slimy. And it's typically found growing on rocks, plants, liner, waterfalls, hanging from fountains, etc. Its Latin name is Claudophora spirogyra. 
and it is a filamentous algae that's very common in the world of pond keeping. There's many variations, but they're not visibly different from each other without some training and a microscope. So where does this algae come from? When any of us are trying to control string algae, it's almost 100% of the time when the algae is blooming. There's definitely patterns that occur for string algae growth across a broad spectrum of ponds. You can see these patterns. And the blooms typically occur around the same time every year. And they're not specific to your pond. You are not alone in this struggle. The I have string algae in my pond phone calls and emails always come in around the same time every year. And the same treatments, chemicals, and equipment go rolling off the shelves at that time every year. So um, it's, it's strange because where does it come from? It, it's kind of always there. String algae can be introduced to our ponds in many ways. It can come in on new plants. Fish can introduce it. Birds can introduce it. Wind can introduce it. I mean, there's so many different ways for it to occur, including just naturally occurring string algae. It's pretty much always in your pond. Typically, it's well under control. So we tend to ignore the minor growth that we see on the day-to-days of pond keeping. But under certain circumstances, it blooms, it grows. I don't mean bloom like flowering, but it blooms, which is when we start paying attention to it. So what can cause a bloom? There are several factors that can contribute to string algae blooms. Temperature can play a role in string algae blooms, but string algae will show up um, in very warm and very cold water. So I wouldn't consider it a major factor. Most of the time, um, all the causes are, have their, their kind of root cause, no pun intended, with having high nutrient levels. Um, One of my takes on string algae blooms is based upon one of the patterns that I see in ponds that I manage. And the most common time of year to see string algae blooms are early winter when our aquatic plants are kind of have become dormant. Early spring before complex aquatic plants wake up, so to speak. These are really common bloom times. So during the high season of pond keeping, Our aquatic plants, they're active. They're sending up new shoots, new growth, blooms. All sorts of energy is being expended by the plant. In order for the plants to do that, they need to take nutrients from our water in the pond. So during the season of growth, nutrient uptake is at a very high level, leaving very little nutrient resources available for algae to grow very, very much. So the more complex plants are out competing the algae for food, this time of year. So when we hit that time of year, when our plants start going dormant and their nutrient uptake has essentially stopped, algae finds itself in a pretty good position to be able to bloom. They have, as all this nutrients available, nobody's really taking it up. Algae being a simple plant says, Hey, I will take you up on that. So just because nutrient uptake has stopped by the more complex plants, it doesn't mean nutrient production has stopped. So now nutrients are building without being utilized by our complex aquatic plants. So algae hanging around there in the corner all season is waiting for this opportunity. And now there's plenty of nutrients available for algae to start utilizing, um, growing, and blooming. And we will 
often see early winter string algae blooms. It's, it's normal in my world. During winter months, nutrient levels are typically pretty low. There really isn't that much going on to create nutrients during the winter. We're not feeding our fish. They're not creating much bioload. Um, plants are not creating bioload, et cetera. So nutrient levels are low. Algae growth is controlled. Um, the best way to control these algae breaks, algae outbreaks, is knowing what is causing this growth. What else can cause blooming? There's lots of stuff, lots of stuff that's going to cause algae to just kind of all of a sudden um, start really taking off in our ponds. One of the big ones would be an underfiltered pond. Um, a dirty pond, shallow ponds, high nutrients caused by poor filter maintenance. That's another reason that we start getting conditions right for an outbreak. Overfeeding our fish, overstocking our ponds, over-fertilizing our aquatic plants. Even things from the landscape, like grass clippings or fertilizers getting into the pond, mulch, runoff, landscape encroachment from plants or soil. Um, there's all sorts of things that can cause these outbreaks. I pretty commonly see green water and string algae issues combined. I see this more in the kind of cement box pond setups, like koi pond setups, just cement boxes. Um, prefabs also, but it happens in all ponds. Ecosystem pond, cement pond, prefab, um, gunite, you name it, mud ponds. And again, the, the green water and string algae combo is mostly in new ponds. When I see both of them occurring at the same time, there's always exceptions. I'm sure there's ponds that are five years old, fully mature with green water and string algae. But usually that's something that I would say is part of um, when ponds are just starting up. It's just a general observation I've made, but over 20 years. So when I encounter those conditions, it's generally a younger pond, part of new pond syndrome which doesn't happen, in, of course, in a, a full, fully mature pond. So some of the negatives of string algae, because it's not all bad. By the way, it's not bad for your fish. You know, it doesn't mean things are going wrong in your pond. It, it's a normal cycle. It's just that we don't like the way it looks. So we always want to do something about it. So hair algae is not, and string algae, whatever you want to call it, is not necessarily bad for your pond, like those toxic blue-green algaes. As a matter of fact, there are some benefits to algae, which we'll get to in just a moment. I think the biggest issues with the algae is that people just don't like the way it looks. The, the worst thing about the algae, I think, is its nuisance qualities. It can clog stuff up. It obstructs the swimming of fish. It can cause leaks in streams and waterfall. It can overgrow other more desirable aquatic plants. And those issues definitely qualify it as a nuisance in our ponds. And if left unchecked, it can cause oxygen crashes in a pond with the devastating side effect of fish kills. So yes, it can become deadly in extreme situations. So let's not let these situations get out of control. All right. There's some benefits to it too, though. So let's talk about some of the filtration benefits of string algae. It's interesting to note 
that typically when I come across ponds that have string algae, um, the water is usually very clear. Part of the reason for that clarity is that string algae provides some filtering benefits, biological and mechanical. The biological aspects is simply that it is taking up and removing nutrients from your water, therefore filtering and increasing water quality. Oftentimes when you're removing string algae, you can't help but notice that brown water comes pouring out of it. You get that big clump of algae, you pull it out and like brown water as it starts to, you know, get the water out of it. It's brown. Um, the reason for that is that string algae is also acting as a mechanical filter, removing sediment and particulate matter out of your water, you know, fish waste, uh, leftover food, all that kind of stuff, therefore increasing your water clarity. So string algae can in increase water quality and clarity. So there's some biomechanical filtering benefits to this. It's not the pure villain many of us think it is. Some other benefits of the algae is that it is a food source for fish and baby fish, not a primary food source, except for those babies. Some insects use it as a food source and habitat, tadpoles, and lots of other pond critters um, will use it as a major resource um, and habitat. It's also good for oxygen production. Like other plants, algae can produce oxygen and consumes it too like we just touched on with oxygen crashes. So we know why we can get string algae. We know it's not necessarily bad for a pond or fish, but we still prefer not to have it as a feature of our pond. So how do we get rid of string algae? There's actually many ways to control and remove string algae. So let's take a look at a few of these different ways. Of course, there's just the good old fashioned manual removal. We can use treatments and chemicals. We can use specialized equipment or go natural. Manual removal is the most obvious method and offers an immediate reduction. Manual removal is done by hand. But I've also tried and seen people use all sorts of apparatus to remove string algae. Rakes, wet dry vacuum, brooms, spaghetti spoons, <laughs> and of course, the old toilet brush trick. For manual removal, I found that none of these are particularly effective, and the toilet bowl brush works well enough that it will immediately become clogged with the string algae, and it's also very difficult to clean as well. So I took the toilet brush out of my arsenal some time ago. Certain rakes will do work, but make sure that the tines of the rakes are not very flexible. So manual removal is always a viable option. I suppose it just depends on how much time, energy, and commitment you have to putting up a fight. Manual removal is also a good precursor to any treatments or equipment that you may plan to begin using to control string algae in your pond. Will removing it cause it to spread? Have you guys ever heard that? That seems like an internet rumor, but from what I could find out, and I looked into it um, a good amount, is that it will cause it to spread. It sounds like a rumor, but it's actually true. And if you're removing string algae manually, you can actually be releasing more algae spores into the environment, which can result in an additional algae growth soon after the manual removal. So that's just a little caveat to be aware of. Um, 
So there's manual removal. We can use those different ways. There's different methods. There's chemical, chemical um, treatments. Manual removal may do the trick, but if you need further action, we can look at the use of chemicals. I'm not a big chemical guy, but they do work. A quick Google search will provide you with tons of chemical possibilities. They're copper-based treatments, hydrogen peroxide-based treatments, bacteria-based treatments, and more. Some are more effective than others, and all should be used with great care and caution. Read the labels. Make sure you're doing it correctly. Okay? It's great to get rid of string algae, but not at the cost of the lives of your fish. So be careful with that stuff. I get a call pretty much every year from somebody who treated their pond with algae fix or algae destroyer. And then the next day they have this nice clear pond, but all their fish are dead too. So be not trying to scare you away from it. Just know what you're doing when you use it. There's equipment too. The only string algae control equipment I'm aware of is pretty limited. There's, The ultrasonic equipment, which I don't have any direct experience with, but I've read that it's fairly effective and typically used in much larger ponds. Um, So there is an ultrasonic device that you can use to um, eliminate or slow down algae growth. There's also ionizers, which I, I am familiar with. I have used those. Those specifically target string algae. They do nothing for green algae, uh, green water but they do target string algae and can reduce algae growth like 80, 90%. So I've used these. I've had very good results. I do recommend really learning how to use them. These are not systems that you plug in and walk away from. They will need adjusting from time to time and can cause some issues, even death for livestock, if not managed correctly. It's not plug it in, walk away. Um, Like any equipment you hook up to your pond, be sure you truly know how to use it. Um, many pond keepers make the mistake of trying to, for example, utilize ultraviolet clarifiers to control string algae, only to find out that UV does nothing for string algae. UV works great on green water, um, but you're wasting your time and money if you're attempting to control string algae with ultraviolet clarifiers. Um, so... If chemicals and equipment are not in your wheelhouse, then uh, there are still many natural methods to consider and pursue. You know, let nature take care of it. Again, it's not really bad for your pond. It's not really bad for your fish. It just looks bad. So do we really need all the chemicals and equipment? Um, Can it be controlled naturally? Yes, it can. Of course. Probably the most natural method is to do nothing. Just treat it like any other plant in your home or landscape for that matter. The natural way to handle string algae is to let it grow, let it peak, and let it die off. You just have to be able to handle looking at the stuff. Like when most plants are blooming, it's not a sustainable form of growth for the plants. It's not constant. It's kind of this sudden rush of energy. So it's not sustainable. They're blooming and then they're not for the rest of the year. You can think of string algae that way too. It's always in your pond somewhere and at certain times of the year it grows like crazy and then dies off again. If you have the patience for it, this can become 
just another yearly dynamic of your pond. I do that. Um, I've treated it too, and I've done manual removal. I've done it all, but I've also just ignored it, you know, maybe just because of being busy, not being able to get to it, but I've let it bloom, and then it goes through its cycle and it goes away. It's just, you know, you got a few, several weeks of looking at the stuff. Um, so that's kind of how that stuff works. That's the organic method of control. <laughs> watch it grow, watch it die off. Let it bloom, peak, and die. The next easiest organic way to address string and hair algae is to increase oxygen levels. You know, oxygen is a benefit almost no matter what you're trying to deal with. Hook up an air pump to your pond. This method is slower, but it works too in most cases, in many cases. Um, just simple oxygen. Remember that. It works. Barley straw is an option. It's an age-old kind of traditional method that, that was employed in farm ponds, for example. And now today you can buy prepared barley straw extract instead of throwing big barley bales or bundles and waiting for them to decompose, um, which was how they ultimately ended up working in ponds. But barley is a great way to help control string algae. But if you're going to go about it with your kind of home water garden, koi pond water feature, I would use the barley straw extract. Just makes kind of getting right to it instead of waiting for your bar barley to actually break down and work. You can shade your pond. How about throwing up a shade, an umbrella shade sail? A little less sunlight may just do the trick. You can use pond tints as well, blue, black. Uh, I'm not big into those, but you know what? They work, so it is something that you can consider. Um, and, of course, in larger ponds, you could talk about grass carp. Uh, it's a regulated fish, so if you plan to go this route, be ready to fill out some applications and some for the way to put this fish in your pond. Um, and just controlling the area around your pond. Don't allow grass clippings in your pond. Try not to get grass clippings into your pond. Grass clippings have a tremendous amount of nutrients, and if you allow them to kind of get in there little by little before you know it, voila, you're going to have a big bloom. Use less fertilizers in the area of your pond or in your pond. Um, in your aquatic plants, make sure when you're doing fertilizing, you're doing the correct amount of fertilizing. You don't get, don't over fertilize because now you have these nutrients available to algae, right? Um, on that note, you can use aquatic plants for algae control. Aquatic plants can work wonders. Another good natural form of algae control is the use of more complex aquatic plants. So algae is a very basic plant with a basic structure and fairly basic requirements for growth. And we pond keepers can use more complex plants to outcompete the algae for its resources. Water lily, water iris, royal pickerel, water lettuce, water hyacinth, and other assorted aquatic plants can become a great tactic in our algae control strategy. A well-planted pond is less likely to have algae issues and certainly less severe algae than in a pond that has no aquatic plants. So not only are you controlling algae with your plantings, but you're helping to balance out your water quality and clarity as well. 
not to mention the beautification benefits of aquatic plants and the creation of habitat by way of aquatic plants around your pond. So many good reasons. Just remember that the aquatic plant solution is slow but steady. So don't run out and buy a water lily and put it in your pond and expect to see changes to your algae growth within a week or so. That's not going to happen. Plants do work, but they take time to work. So plants are not and never will be an overnight or short-term quick solution to algae issues or water quality issues. There's also the good old water change. You could perform water changes and physically remove those nutrients from your water. Um, The condition which precipitates algae blooms is typically high nutrient levels. So water changers are a fast way to physically remove those nutrients from your pond, and then you can replace with fresh water. Um, I do have a warning to that method of algae control, primarily to those who use city water sources. There are times when water changes can actually worsen the conditions and create green water too. Water companies often do treatments such as phosphates in our drinking water supply, which in turn will actually increase algae growth and green, green water conditions. So be careful how you're using water changes to control algae. You may not always get the effects that you're expecting. Isn't it fun to know that we drink that stuff? <laughs> um, and of course, like I mentioned before, there's aeration. It's amazing what the power of oxygenating your pond can achieve. Um, adding oxygen to your pond will create many beneficial effects, and among them will be a more manageable algae situation. So don't be shy about add, adding aeration to your pond, even if you already have skimmers and waterfalls and all those great oxygenators. An air pump can go a long way and should be a critical piece of equipment that every pond keeper has on hand, whether for algae or not. Have an air pump for your pond. What I'm suggesting, you know, is totally unscientific. It's unproven, but it just seems to me that algae in a pond is very much an opportunist. Our ponds are so dynamic. Conditions are always changing. Nutrient levels in our ponds are always rising and falling. They really don't remain steady. Um, but they're always being produced in simply greater or lesser quantities, and they're always being consumed in greater or lesser quantities. So to our more complex plants, this availability of nutrients greatly affects its growth patterns and its rate of nutrient intake. There's periods when our complex plants eat a lot, leaving little nutrients behind for algae. There are times when nutrient intake will drop off, making a small supply available for algae to utilize. In areas where it gets cold or at least some sort of change in in winter weather, the nutrient intake on most complex plants is going to drop off radically or just about completely. So nutrient availability fluctuates quite a bit. And algae being an opportunist will utilize those periods when nutrients become available to them. So from time to time, you see these blooms because an opportunity of nutrients became available to them and allows the plant to bloom. Don't get me wrong. Like I said, algae is always there. It's always eating up some of our nutrients, which is not necessarily a bad thing. That is pretty normal plant behavior. But when the nutrients are there, algae has no problem blooming out and letting its presence be known. 
Algae is always on the dance floor of your pond. And when the music dies down in between songs, when all the other plants stop dancing for a moment, Algae's the guy still out there on the dance floor showing off its moves. Know what I mean? Algae is always up for some nutrient intake, even when other plants are ready to sit it out. Now I'll say, so to recap, um, we have some power in this pond keepers struggle. We talked about manual removal, using everything from spaghetti spoons and wet dry vacs to just pulling it out by hand and getting rid of it, mulch it. This method will usually need follow-up removal since it's not likely a one-time shot to get it under control. There are chemicals we can use. Most of them work, but pond keepers need to be careful with chemical treatments. Equipment that we can employ. Learn to use your equipment correctly before you rely on it. Natural methods are various, from water changes to adding aeration. Get some shade for your pond, add lots of plants, grass carp for larger ponds. Become a better manager of your pond. Or just let it grow, peak, and die without allowing yourself to be bothered by the occasional string algae blooms. String algae is not necessarily a bad thing under certain circumstances. So we do have the power in this battle with string algae. We not, may not be able to make it completely go away, but we can keep it very well controlled through all the methods that we just spoke of. So there's hope, pond keepers. And I thank all of you for spending this time with me talking about algae. Jeez. I'm Mike Gannon. This is the PHRB. And you can find more Pond Hunter stuff on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, iTunes, and Blog Talk Radio, of course. If you could take a moment to offer me a rating and a review, I'd appreciate it very much. And I appreciate all of you who actually take the time to listen to a show on Pond Algae. You guys are cray-cray. But I'm glad you're cray-cray along with me. If you guys ever need to get in touch with me, I'm easy. I gave you a whole bunch of places. You can send me an email, mike at fullserviceaquatics.com. That's my company, Full Service Aquatics. We are a um, pond, water garden, water feature, design and install company located in Summit, New Jersey, serving the um, area and beyond. So if you need to get in touch, my website is fullserviceaquatics.com. My Email is mike at fullserviceaquatics.com, and you can, of course, call me, 908-277-6000. So until next time, I hope you all will be keeping it pondy, and I look forward to catching up with you guys on the next episode of the Pond Hunter Radio Broadcast. Peace out, everybody. You have been listening to the Pond Hunter Radio Broadcast on Blog Talk Radio with your host, Mike Gannon, the Pond Hunter. In the pursuit of all things aquatic, broadcasting right. Wednesday nights on Blog Talk Radio. Well, the Pond Hunter, keeping yep. it pondy for the aquatically, for the aquatically obsessed. obsessed. That's right. Okay, everybody, take good care. We'll catch you next time. I appreciate you all. <laughs>